welcome to Generation Ag, a podcast for the future of agriculture. I'm Kayla. And I'm Lavinia. And we're a couple of young Aggies passionate about celebrating our industry and sharing the stories of people who work in it. And welcome back to Generation Ag. It is Kayla here today with a brand new episode for you. I'm excited to bring you this one. Not too much chit chat really to happen before I get straight in to introducing today's guest. I'd like to welcome Andy Loss to the podcast. Andy is a third generation dairy farmer with dairy farming roots dating back centuries in Holland and Australia. He started using TikTok to bridge the divide between city and rural people with the intention of teaching the curious and correcting those who spread misinformation. His aim in life is to ensure that any situation he finds himself in is better off than he found it. To make sure those around him are okay and to speak with people to help them learn. He loves his cows, his dogs and his cats. He's a family man who is generous with his time and he has an appreciation for life. And I'm sure you'll hear all of that in today's episode. I'm so excited to bring this one to you. Andy is a great young guy with a fabulous outlook on life and I was like so excited to speak to a fellow Queenslander. And we also touched very briefly on the floods that are happening in New South Wales right now. So um, a huge heartfelt love send to anyone who's in New South Wales or any part of Australia right now dealing with the floods or the aftermath of the floods. We are thinking of you and we hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, well, Andy Loss, aka Big Farmer Andy, welcome to the Generation Ag podcast. Thank you so much for jumping on with me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's wonderful to speak with such an interesting audience that you have. Yeah. Um, Andy, we like to start in the same place, and that is to familiarise our audience with you. So tell us, who are you and what is your connection to agriculture? Well, my name's Andrew, or Big Farmer Andy. I seem to go by most popularly, and um, I'm a dairy farmer in southeast Queensland, a third, um, third generation dairy farmer. Beautiful. Tell us about uh, your childhood. You were just telling me off, off camera that it's a family farm. You obviously grew up there. Yeah, no, so, um, yeah, I grew up here on the farm. So, uh, look, we never went with holidays, never had holidays and all that kind of stuff, but um, we never went without either, if you know what I mean. And it was actually such a lovely upbringing. And um, being, as you know, as your audience would know, um, being brought up on a farm is such a wonderful thing because you get all these opportunities and you have to grow up free and wild and have great amounts of fun with your cousins and your siblings and all that and the animals as well. You know, it's a, it's a great upbringing um, being brought up in the country for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And have you got siblings? I have one. I have one brother. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not on the farm. I'm the only one who was silly enough to stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. And what about, I guess, career you know what was your journey through school like you know did you go to um, a small school or a big school and then sort of what was your decision making around your career yeah look my school wasn't um wasn't large or small it was pretty moderate in size um you know in a regional town um i guess growing up i really didn't know what i wanted to do and and i i still don't really um (laughs) I guess, 
Yeah, I, yeah, I'm that kind of person, I guess, but jack of all trades, master of none. But um, I guess, yeah, I never had an actual genuinely particular idea of what I wanted to do when I grew up. I guess I just wanted to be the kind of person who made people laugh and smile and helped others as much as I could. And uh, I'm always given these opportun- opportunities to do this. But uh, it was not until um, after school, uh, I, did a, I did a gap year on the farm of just full-time dairy farming rather than just helping out around the school days. Mm-hmm. And then I did another year at university where I studied primary education um, to weigh up my options. And I was really lucky to have those two options. Um, but at the end of the day, I decided to come back to the farm. You know, who knows what the future may hold, but for the foreseeable future, it's, it's dairy farming. <laughs> mm. And how long ago um, was that that you made the decision to sort of transition permanently in, well, or semi-permanently into your life as a dairy farmer? That was back at the end of 2015, so six years ago, or five years ago anyway, coming on six, yeah. So I'm only young, luckily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beautiful. So yeah. I guess I'm wondering... Um, it doesn't sound like, you know, you said there wasn't much consideration about your career, but do you think agriculture was always going to be it for you in some way? Well, I always had a, an interest, I guess, growing up. I would, I, I would always be over the paddock helping Dad, you know, sort cattle, dip cattle. I'd be over um, at the dairy feeding the calves or mustering out the cows at milking time into the, into the bales, you know. Um, I didn't do too much actual milking when I was a kid or a teenager. That was more so after school. But um, I guess I was, it was always, I guess you'd say it's almost a safety net. I say, people say, how did you get into dairy farming? And I say, well, it's a bit like royalty for me. You're born into it. And it was a safety net for me. And I, I was very lucky to have it. And I fell back onto it, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, well, it doesn't sound like you hate it too much, so. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. Definitely not. It's a, it's a really wonderful lifestyle. I'm very lucky. I am. Yeah, beautiful. Um, I wonder, Andy, if you could tell us a bit more about the farm. You know, you're probably one of the first, if not the first dairy farmer we've had on the podcast. And so I'm very um, keen as a broadacre mixed farming background to know about dairy farming. Well, You've come to the wrong person because we're a fairly unconventional dairy farm <laughs> in that um, we rely on larger acreage for the amount of cattle we have. So we're on a roughly 750 acres and uh, we don't irrigate. However, we have, seven, uh, we have about 450 animals altogether on the farm. So it's quite gen, and that's including you know, calves, bulls, springers, dry cows and milking herds. So um, it's very, very um, vast. There's a lot of area for the cattle to roam. And I guess we rely more heavily um, on the weather um, than, than what most other dairy farmers would because we need that rain. And we don't have that massive... A lot of farms have access to um, large amounts of water, whether it be dams nearby or their own privately owned dams. And we do have a couple of large dams, but no infrastructure really for um, irrigation so we rely on on god sending down that good stuff and and uh, helping us keep the land fertile we do put urea out quite often uh, when it looks like it's going to rain but really we don't grow anything no rye grass and um 
Yeah, it's fairly unconventional. We, we mill our own grain as well with a hammer mill. We don't buy, we buy in from, from farm, you know, usually. And uh, yeah, it's, it's unconventional, but it works for us. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, Andy, I came across you and, and I guess if anyone does know of you, they probably do know of you from TikTok. And, you know, you've been creating content on there for not too long, I suppose, but um, you've created quite a following. You've got nearly 200,000 followers and some of your videos have had over 3 million views. When we talk about those sorts of numbers, what is that like? Where does that sit with you? It's interesting, you know. Um, I only really like I got on the TikTok last year, about middle of the year, and put up like one or two videos for a laugh. But I took it a bit more uh, seriously back in about November last year. And I guess you know, if you want to get popular on uh, on TikTok, have a niche, they say. And mine is fooling around with cattle and staring a pot with people who, who um, aren't so agreeable with uh, livestock uh, farming. So, you know, um, it's, it's remarkable um, that I can get so many views on videos and that I can make... The thing is about, though, it's not only intriguing people, it's also informing people, um, making them laugh as well along the way and smile and uh, just generating interest and letting people know that in livestock it's very ethical. And uh, there's a lot of love involved, especially like on my part, dairy farming. There's a lot of love involved in dairy farming as there is with all other uh, livestock farming as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, I really enjoy your content. And, but I think I'm interested to know from you, you sort of touched on it briefly, but I guess who do you find you're engaging with most on TikTok? Are people coming, you know, finding your page because I guess they're kind of like you or me and they love the industry and they find, you know, your content hilarious? Or is it, you know, you are attracting an audience of people who maybe want to know a bit more and you're kind of peeling back the curtain in a really lighthearted way? It's a, it's a strange, it's a strange um, diverse group, my following, and the people I um, come into contact with through TikTok because I... I, I have people who are interested in the um, interested in just the humour side of it. There are people who are interested in the information part of it, where I explain things about the farm or about cattle and about the land. Um, there are people who um, I've found is not a, not the largest section of my following by any means, but one of the most vocal um, parts of the following or people on TikTok who seem to view my videos anyway. Uh, people who are quite nasty, actually. There's actually quite a large group of people on TikTok who are um, vicious um, and un unfortunately quite self-righteous. And um, are, because on TikTok you can hide behind a false name and a false photo, you can, people feel they can say whatever they like. And, and they do. And um, I feel these are the same people who wouldn't say it to your face. On the flip side of that coin, you know, you're also giving people who may not have a voice, a voice and the confidence to say what they feel and in a, in a good way as well. So, you know, but I find that a lot of the people I uh, come into contact with on TikTok are actually really genuinely interested people or interesting people and uh, kind people. But one of the most vocal groups are those nasty people. But, you know, it's in everything. Yeah. 
I guess I'm I'm interested to sort of I guess understand you know as a dairy farmer you know there's I think you're probably in one of the more contentious spaces when it comes to being on social media versus say someone who's a grain farmer or you know something like the, the social license conversation around the dairy industry particularly amongst um, anti-agriculture or anti-animal uh, mm. industrial animal agriculture is quite strong and I, I can I can imagine the kinds of conversations that you have to have with people on a platform like that where the communication lines are so open even though you know they're sitting behind a veil of I guess anonymity mm. um Mm. they're very you're accessible to them which is a good thing but also can be quite um difficult i can imagine it's dangerous it's dangerous but at the end of the day if you're a good person and you're transparent um what can they do you know like you just be a good person you say the truth you speak the truth and you carry out your day-to-day life as much as you can and show people um if they take issue with it um I'm not the one, and us, our fellow dairy farmers aren't the ones with the problem. It's the people who take issue with very minor things and the people who hopefully I can try and inform further about the dairy industry, but it's usually people who are not so informed but feel that they are. And uh, that's a bit where the self-righteousness comes in. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, perhaps your most popular series is um, Farmers Abuse Animals. And I have to say, like... <laughs> For me, I find that hysterical. <laughs> I love, you know, I, I am so much for honesty and transparency and, you know, being accessible and available to people who want to know more about agriculture. But I think it's okay too to sometimes poke holes in, uh, I guess, our critics' uh, thoughts and, mm. and mis-messaging that comes through. Um, but I guess, you know, what's been the response um, been like to you taking those anti-farming messages head on people love it you know really i mean most people love it and i i you know how much of a blast i have doing videos like that you know you're in between jobs over the paddock and you just whip out the phone and bloody video a cow and uh, and tell her she's a fatty you know and people uh, yeah it's a bit more involved than that but people love it and um look there are always as i said you know you got that very vocal group of people who you know I am stirring the pot with these people, by the way. I am, you know, stitch, yeah. like, on, for those of you who don't know, stitching, you can stitch someone's video, which means you can use five seconds of their video and then respond to it with your own content. And so I, I link these people to my videos um, and because I feel they are spreading information that they know is incorrect or that if they don't know it's incorrect, um, Unfortunately, they've been, they've been fooled into believing that it is correct. And so I use humour um, to get across to people because I feel like pe- it's, it's more palatable to be funny than it is to be serious, especially on an app like TikTok. People aren't going to listen to somebody babble on for minutes and minutes about fact, 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 fact. You're better off um, uh, putting out videos that make people laugh and smile and think. But that said, in between... Things like that little series I put up of uh, animal abuse videos. I, uh, I do put up some uh, little bits of opinions here and there, mm. um, but mostly to keep it a palatable kind of content. Yeah, you've got to keep it light and easy. And uh, you know, I, I have a blast with it. And I hope and pray that I can continue to do it and, and, and have other people 
um, laughing along the way as well. It's great fun. Mm. Well, I think this is the beauty of TikTok, right? Because it's a it's a free platform for everybody. And so, you know, you with your 200,000 followers, you know, you, you have a reach and you have an audience that's actually really important. And, you know, when you look at, you know, I was just chatting to my co-host Lavinia last night. Um, we were looking at, there's an ad on TV for this thing called VegKit. And if you, if you follow the link, it directs you to, um, I guess, say how to become vegetarian or vegan, Um kit and information online and I was really interested to read on there you know how to why why veg like why be vegetarian or why be vegan and the website is incredible like if I if I was someone who had no idea I would go there and think wow there's so many recipes this is amazing it's so easy to be a vegetarian and then you know you scroll down the bottom and and it's linked to uh, an animal rights um, charity or organization and you know some of them are so well funded now and they have so many resources and it's they're accessing hundreds of thousands of people through money and so that's where I think Farmers getting smart and and using platforms like TikTok that are free and easily accessible to them and having a huge impact with their conversations that they have, whether they're humorous or not. I think I think we all in some way can can get a little bit smarter about using the resources we have access to. Oh, for sure. Look, um, I, I I know I've I've come across a lot of fantastic um, young men and women in the uh, agricultural industries on TikTok who put up fantastic content. I love it, you know? And it just and it's not like mine is more with mine I'm I'm pursuing that idea that, you know, farming, especially livestock farming, is not evil and we have fun and there's a lot of love involved. Most people don't have that. More it's more wholesome than that. Most people are just putting up what they're doing over the paddock. And um Without a doubt, they send the message that, yeah, they love what they're doing. They love, this is livestock anyway, they love what they're doing. They love the animals and they care for the animals. And, uh, and I, I, I guess it gets a bit misconstrued with uh, people who aren't so aware of, of livestock farming and they come across websites, as you just mentioned, mm. and uh, they just don't... Like, yeah, they just don't see both sides of it. Those websites kind of just give you this narrow-minded view, or not narrow-minded view, but a very one-sided argument, rather, I should say, of, uh, of what you could be doing to change the world, the health animals, and this, that, the other, when it's just totally not like that at all. And I'm sure your listeners who are in, involved in livestock would totally understand that. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm interested to know as well, I guess, uh, in, in light of all of this, I guess some people would ask, number one, how do you have time to do this? And number two, is it a conscious choice for you now to be involved in the broader, you know, anti-agriculture? Is it important for you now to be in that space or is that kind of just a byproduct of you creating fun videos on the internet? Well, listen, where do I find the time? You'd be surprised by how easy it is to put up a video. Um, I'll be, I'm us, what, I, what I usually do is I'm over the paddock and in between jobs I'll find time to put a video up. It, it takes two seconds really, it really doesn't take long at all. That's why it's, it's just, that's the beauty of TikTok, they've made it so easy to put videos up. And they've made it so easy for, the thing, the beauty of TikTok too is that with the, the algorithm and the For You page and all that, um, it brings up people who are lesser known. A random video could just pop up 
And this person who's got five followers could have bloody 10,000 by the end of the day because TikTok will pick up their video. And I don't know how the algorithm works. I, it's, it's a complete enigma to me and to most. Um, but that's the beauty of TikTok there. So that's how I find the time. They made it so bloody easy. Um, now I've rambled on. I forgot the second part of the question. <laughs> That's a good, no, so it's just about, you know, is it, is it a conscious choice for you now to be a part of that, you know, and, and to, to be in that space and I guess combating those messages or is it just, I guess, you being a part of that conversation is a byproduct of wanting to create funny videos? Bit of both, for sure, bit of both. Because I think it's important to have people who uh, come across to, uh, oh, I, think, look, I think it's important that there are people in the community who have the, luckily have, the, um, have been fortunately given the influence that I have to uh, stand there and say, listen, this is what actually happens. But also on the flip side of that, it's nice just to put funny videos up. I mean, it's, it's easy, it's fun. And, um, but that said, I know what you mean. It's important for us in the agricultural communities to have people in spaces like TikTok, which is a very, it's a community where most of the people on there uh, unaware or um, don't know about the facts of farming, um, it's important to have a voice there that says, listen, this is how it is. We love our animals. We do the best we can for the land. Because um, farmers, let me say, uh, really, the, that we're all environmentalists. Because if we can't run a farm properly, the bloody thing's going to go upside down, isn't it? So, you know, you have to have good soil. You have to have uh, good management of of um, invasive weeds and such, you know, as we do, and you've got to make sure that the land is uh, looked after properly. Mm. So it's good to have a voice out there for people like that, I guess. And I'm not the only one, by the way. There are many people on TikTok yeah. who are very interesting and, and worth watching and listening to. Yeah. Uh, I guess I have to know as a fan and follower, um, obviously everyone's obsessed with Dobby, but I know you have personal favourites. <laughs> 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 Poor little Dobby. Uh, listen, um, <laughs> so Dobby's a bit of a runt, right? Dobby's, Dobby's tiny little thing, little Jersey calf. When she was a really small calf, she had a massive forehead. It was more like a five head. It was the biggest bloody forehead you've ever seen. I don't know why. She was slightly, de- she's, it's still kind of big. I'm not really sure why she came out a bit deformed. She's not ill, but, but yeah, she's just tiny tiny little jersey calf and we're slowly getting her there she's gonna get dobby's gonna get a slock eventually when she's weaned off the milk <laughs> i love it but um, um i do have, sorry i did hear the rest of your question I, I do i do have a favorite and that's ma who's also a jersey and uh, she's a big gentle giant that one <laughs> and i guess lastly just to wrap up the tiktok conversation i guess i'm sure i'm sure you've had some crazy questions um do you, can you recall one in particular or any that you know it's you're just like come on guys you know it, it does it make the the rural urban divide seem massive to you mate well look there are that many questions i get i honestly can't remember i you know if you go to my tiktok you'll see there's a there's a thing that says q a and uh it's a little red link it's just below my bio and you press on that and it's Hundreds of questions you get from people all over TikTok. And if you scour through that, you will find so many people who just are genuinely curious, but just have, yeah. And, and it's great that I can help, um, help, help learn them, you know, but 
But there are people, yeah, the city-country divide is massive, massive. And uh, that's, that's the divide I'm trying to, to bridge. As are, as are many other um, TikTokers, as are you with this podcast. Yeah. So a, and let me say, it's, it's great to have a podcast like this out there. I was unaware of it until you contacted me. And thank you very much for contacting me. I'm, I'll be sure to share it because I think it's really important that um, young uh, people in agriculture can all stay connected with one another on, on forums like this. So thank you very much for that. Oh, thank you, Andy. <laughs> um, let's, I think that's a great way to wrap up that conversation and move probably now into something that's a bit more uh, unfortunately sobering, and that is the floods that mm. are currently ravaging New South Wales and parts of Queensland as well. For the listener's reference, we are recording this interview on the 23rd of March. Um, at the time of recording, 18,000 people have already been evacuated and a further 15,000 are standing by to be evacuated as of this morning. Um, New South Wales farmers reported three-day rainfall totals of 684 mil, 529 mil and 625 mil from some of their members on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. Andy... You know, as a farmer, you know, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? And I, and I guess also, what are you feeling right, right now? Oh, look, I've seen on the news, as have others, cattle being um, sent adrift kilometres away, perishing, drowning, um, try, people trying to rescue cattle. It's not only cattle, it's, it's all kinds of animals out there, native fauna and such, but... Um, I really feel for those farmers because it's not going to do them any good to be flooded because this won't go away in a heartbeat and uh, the damage that it causes won't go away in a heartbeat. And it's going to take a number of months, a number of months for everything to get back to normal, if not longer. Mm. So I really do feel for them. At the same time, uh, up, in, up in Queensland, um, you know, our dams are bloody only half full. Our creeks are dry. And uh, we're seeing all this massive amounts of rain down there. And we, we're, we're wishing that some of it would, uh, hoping that the, our fellow New South Welshmen down south of us were relieved a bit of that rain and some of it was sent up here just to get those creeks washed out and clean and to clean and wash out the dams as well. But I do feel very much so for the farmers down there and, the, and all those people you mentioned who have been caught up in this, 18,000 people, um, evacuated with possibly 15,000 more. And by the time of this um, being um, published, who knows how many more people uh, will be affected or how many other uh, animals will be affected. So mm. it's, it's, it's very traumatic. Yeah, it's horrific. And I mean, isn't that, you know, why would you want to be a farmer? I don't know. This, uh, the whole rain, you know, rain goes where you don't want it, basically, is how it works, isn't it, unfortunately. But, um, Mate, you're you not know, sure whether you're going to get a bushfire, a drought or a flood in this country, do you? It's all yeah. one extreme to the other. Yeah. And I think, you know, you touched on the bushfires and, and I think another important part to note that so many of the people who, or, or the, the both city and country people who are being ravaged by these um floods right now are also some of the same people who a little over 12 months ago were also being hammered by the bushfires and you know it's just one thing after another you just start to get back on your feet after something like the bushfires and and even the drought before that uh, mm. and then now we're in the in the midst of a one in a hundred year flood 
Yeah, you know, I see. Look, I see that those words there. One, one in a hundred years. I take that with a grain of salt because we seem to be getting national disaster after national disaster. Um, the environment down there, the ecosystems and the agricultural lands and everything. What a bloody hiding they're taking, and they've been taking. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if it all, if the weather, the, the, the all settles down or not, or or whether this is a uh, more normal thing here on in. Because uh, mm-hmm. if it is, being in agriculture is only going to get harder and harder. And mm-hmm. uh, as as you've seen, especially in the dairy industry, they'll continue to drop like flies if it keeps up like this. Mm-hmm. Land seems to grow. Land seems to grow houses better than it grows anything else these days. So, yeah. Yeah, and then you couple that with I think I was listening to ABC last week, and they were talking about record land prices in the Wimmera last week or last mm. month of being nine and a half thousand dollars an acre you know mm. it it is mm. uh, there's mm. never been a harder time i don't think it's an exciting time don't get me wrong i'll sprout that all day long but you know it's it's a tough tough time yeah especially for look i think in my sector dairy farming will suffer for higher land prices because not only are your rates more expensive you start looking pretty hard at the land going geez you know, I could quit working seven days a week and I could just sell up and go. And that's what a lot of them are doing. Um, you see people say, how do you, get, how do you get into dairy farming? And I say to them, um, the dairy industry is not something that's often broken into. It's something that's often broken out of. Mm-hmm. You don't break into, you don't try and get into dairy farming anymore because of one factor being land prices are through the roof and historically they will continue to rise. Mm-hmm. So, you know. But it's good for real estate, you know, it's good for people, landowners who uh, want to keep their land or borrow against it and all that. But Mm. yes, it's going to be interesting a few decades ahead, that's for sure. Uh, I guess to finish on the lighter note, I want to ask, you know, we've talked a bit about the pluses and minuses of being a dairy farmer or being in agriculture. What, What excites you about being in the industry and and what about the future what excites you most about that it's an interesting question and it'd be interesting to know what other answers you get to questions like that um what excites me about it well in my personal life what excites me is that i get to be my own boss and i get to be i mean you have a lot of responsibility but um it's it's rewarding to know that you can go about your day-to-day and know you can plan out your day do what you need to do, do what you want to do. And if you need to take time off for something really important outside the farm, you can do that, um, if you plan ahead properly. But um, agricultural industry as a whole, um, I will reserve comment on my excitement for that because I think there's a lot of tough times ahead, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, interesting. I'm I'm interested in your perspective and, and thank you for your honest response. I appreciate that. Andy. Well, I guess, sorry, sorry to interrupt you there, but I guess that comes from a dairy farmer's perspective, you see, in, in sorry, this is now a bleak note again, but no. in Queensland, 20 years ago, we had 1,500 dairy farms, and now there's less than 300. So if you're coming from a dairy farmer's perspective, um, it's not awfully exciting because you see almost every week another dairy farmer leaving the industry mm. uh, in Queensland, if not Australia-wide. So, you know, it's, it's not... Right now, I mean, if they increase the milk price, it'll be exciting. <laughs> but um, for the time being, it's, it's a pretty, uh, you take every week as it comes. 
every day as it comes. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that answer because I think we, yeah, transparency in all forms, you know, we can be excited and, but but also understand that it's going to be a tough road as well and, and that we have to, mm-hmm. as an industry, you know, band together and support growers and farmers like yourself and, and those around you because, you know, it, in my view, one in all in, we should all be um, carrying the load together. Oh, for sure. And I think to an, to an extent we do. I think you can go to, you can go to the rural store. I, me, a dairy farmer, can talk to a, a grazier or a crop farmer and we can have a good chat about things that we have in common, like, like the weather and such. And, and uh, we all have mates in our communities, don't we, who farm different things, but we all get along like a house on fire and we all support each other. So you're right there. Beautiful. Andy, wrap it up for us. If people want to know more about you, they want to follow you, where can they go? How can they do that? <laughs> Get on TikTok if you haven't already worked that out. Get on TikTok and, well, now he's on there. It's Big Farmer Andy. Um, I call myself Big Farmer Andy. Well, I wanted to just have Farmer Andy, but I put Big on there because I couldn't just have Farmer Andy. I'm six foot four, six foot five, so I thought it's bigger. And um, you, can find me on, uh, you can find me on Instagram, same name there. Yeah. And go, go for your life. <laughs> beautiful Andy thank you so much for your time today um we were literally you guys just chatting um yesterday afternoon on TikTok or something last night for you probably and then here we are a few hours later having a chat so that's the beauty of podcasting and zoom and um yeah thank you so much for your time I appreciate you being so open and honest and and yeah being a part of the conversation not a worry I've enjoyed speaking with you and I've enjoyed speaking with the audience thank you very much Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Generation Ag. We hope you loved it. If you did, don't forget to visit our guest bios page on our website where you can get all of their contact information. And if you have an idea for another guest in the future or a story that you want to hear, you can get in touch with us via our email, which is hello at generationag.com.au. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at generation.ag. That's Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And if you've loved this episode as well, you can share it with your friends on your socials and make sure to subscribe to us on the podcast app and leave us a review because that all really helps as well. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.